to our next thing here, and uh, let me just start with this. Um, I want to, I want us all to just play along if you would. But everybody, take a really big, deep breath. Ready? Let it out. I have a hunch like three of you did that. And I know it's Shakespeare class and you're not expected to do deep breathing in school. But I think it's important on the second day of school, since we haven't been together for five months, to just relax for a second. So I'd like you to do that. I'm going to ask you two questions. The questions are, uh, what time is it? And the answer, you have to look at a phone for this one. The answer is now. And the, the next question is, where are we? And the answer is here. So here and now are the answers. Are we ready? I actually really do want you, if you're willing to follow along, take a big deep breath. Ready? One, two, three. Just relax. All right, so what time is it? No. Thank you. Where are we? Here. Yeah, let's go. It's it, right now. You're right here. Let's make the most of this moment. You're here. I'm here. <laughs> and it's right now. We don't need to worry about anything else. We're just going to live in this moment. I just want to invite you into that. I think it's a really important thing to do during all of this that's swirling around. Whew. I'm going to make the best of this moment. And some of you are so excited to be here. And some of you are like being made to go to school right now, <laughs> even if it wasn't a pandemic, right? And you don't have a choice. And some of you are really nervous about what's going on at home or someone's sick or you're sick of technology. And some of you are like, this is so cool. We get to make it. Like, we're all right here, right now. Let's just make the most of it. Um, and just so you're aware, I'm right here, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, in my daughter's bedroom in, in the gable of our house, right? We made this work. Um, in case you did not hear, um, my sweet Olivia has had a fever of 102 for a few days and was throwing up, which are COVID symptoms. And so she and I went and got the cotton swab up the nose the other day and we're waiting for the results, right? That's my here and now. And uh, I'm playing my part and thanks for trying to make this work. I think this is how it's going to be and some of you are going to do that. Some of you have already had the cotton swab thing and some of you have been tested. I have a hunch some of you don't even believe this thing exists, right? Because you haven't had any exposure to any of it at all. Yeah, we're one big team. I want to call it one big family trying to make it all work. And so I just want you to know like that's where I am. If you're willing to pray for my daughter and pray for us as we're navigating this, I would appreciate that, right? She's a trooper. She's doing great. But that's kind of why I why this is happening right now. And thank you, Mrs. Musto, for uh, being here to help navigate and make it all work. Um, we roamed the halls together how many years ago <laughs> here at Wheaton Academy, right? And that's a little bit of the transition I want to do for this for this class. I love Shakespeare. I love this class. I've taught it for 20 years, right? Um, I actually go all the way back to college with it. And yes, I want you to get the Oxford edition of the text. Um, you have till next week to figure that out. But I'd like you to show up with it as you know, if you can by early next week. Um, and part of why I love the Oxford edition is I studied Shakespeare at Oxford in a tutorial. It was super fun. I got to do a real tutorial style, sipping tea with my Oxford professor once a week, talking about all the plays. And uh, I just grew a real passion 
for Shakespeare's storytelling abilities. And so when I got to teach at Wheaton Academy, and I got to teach a Shakespeare class, I was like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to get all the students to love Shakespeare like I do. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. I remember the moment. It was lunch, two months in, and yes, I was crying because I was so sad that all the students didn't love Shakespeare as much as Mr. D. <laughs> and some of you are already catching how ridiculous that is. Um, and I had this wonderful teacher, kind of like a Yoda, uh, show up in the room like, what the heck's going on? Why are you crying? And I like, I'm a horrible teacher and the kids don't love Shakespeare. And uh, what, I, what I realized through that conversation is that I was off. My goal for the class really wasn't making sense. I thought that my job was to get all of you to love it, this this master of storytelling. And what I what this teacher helped me realize is that there there are people who love Shakespeare, right? All over the planet, there's Shakespeare festivals, Shakespeare theaters, there's Shakespeare libraries, there's Shakespeare websites, there's Shakespeare Shakespeare's plays have been continuously running for over 400 years. Like it's crazy sauce. I mean, just down to the fact that the guy invented 2,500 words. I, since I can see some of your hands, and if those off screen, let me know. Has anybody, not real question, this is not rhetorical, has anybody created a word that's used on Webster's website for the dictionary or in a new Webster's dictionary? It's okay, people do it, it's pretty rare. This, this dude, 2,500 words exist in English because of him. Kind of nuts. Just that alone is a big deal. Plus 800 catchphrases that we now use because of him. We'll get to all that later. Even down to this simple fact too. Chaucer, little ripple for Chaucer, Canterbury Tales. He saved the English language from going extinct. Potentially, not extinct, but potentially. Uh, through his writing and his use of English. We would all be speaking French if it wasn't for Chaucer. French is great, right? Um, but 200 years later, Shakespeare took the English language and made it a global language. Actually, I don't know if anybody's aware of this in the room, but we're a global community right now. <laughs> You're probably aware of that. So much so that we're vying for a global language. And the two that are neck and neck right now are English and Mandarin Chinese, right? Which both are fantastic languages. All English is kind of crazy, honestly. <laughs> but it's because part of that is because of Shakespeare and what he showed the world that we can do with this language. So there's a lot of reasons to love Shakespeare. I have learned that my goal is not to get you to love Shakespeare. What I want to do is use these stories to help you understand things that you do love. You, whether you are aware of, consciously aware of it or not, you love stories. You're telling stories at lunch, on the way to school, when you get home. A lot of you like video games because you're inside of a story and you get to live it out, kind of like we are right now. Some of, the movie industry is a billion, multi-billion dollar global industry because we love what? Great stories. Erwin McManus said the best story wins, right? The best stories shape the culture and now it's a global culture. So we love stories. What was that? He is not here. Okay, thank you. See, we're back at WA. Look at that. Always bless Mrs. Fernandez. She, I think she actually holds the school together, just FYI, in case you didn't know that. Anyway, um, 
We love stories. Shakespeare's a master storyteller. We actually love language. Some of you love being able to say just the right thing at just the right time. Right? Shakespeare has a knack for being able to do that and to give us the ability to do that. We love symbols and understanding and meaning. We love characters. We're all in a character development situation right now. And we want to know how to grow our character or how to navigate characters that are or aren't safe. Uh, we all love this concept of journey and adventure and we're on it. Shakespeare is great at all of that. So in some respects, I'm going to use these plays that we're studying to teach you about those things. So at the end of this semester, if you don't like Shakespeare at all, I might shed one tear out of each eye and then I'm going to move on with my life and be okay. <laughs> really, what I want you to be able to walk away with, I think that's why I'm doing this, you know, first half hour of class, I want you to catch that the goal of this class is to help you understand the power of language the power of story, the power of character. Fair enough? That's stuff that we are all interested in and we're all living out right now. All right? Um, any questions about that? I'm going to share my screen here in a second, but I've talked for a few minutes about the class. Thoughts, comments? I'll keep rolling. All right? And if you have a thought or a comment, it's best to raise your hand. Mrs. Musto has agreed to help like make it so that I can hear your question if it's hard to project through the mask or you just don't talk loud. That's fine. All right. All right, going to share screen. Oh. Sorry. I want to hit this. Go. Share. All right. Can you see that? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do right now what's uh, called logistics for the class. And uh, I do this. So basically the way the class will work is you'll come in, we'll do attendance. We'll probably have some music playing and attendance is going to be unique and interesting because we have so much going on with checks and this and that. And so we're just going to give everybody a time and space to do what they have to do to get the class as, as efficiently as possible. And uh, when the music goes down and when we're done with attendance, we will focus in and uh, I'll do logistics. Remind me if I haven't done the logistics, but the logistics will allow me to give you information that you need to succeed in this class and to know what we're doing now and what we've already done even and what's coming next, okay? And so just a couple things that you should be aware of right now in case some of you aren't coming back even tomorrow or next week. Uh, on campus is gonna be our main feed. If you need to zoom in, the links are all right here. I also have a link to my Shakespeare podcast and to my personal website. All right, so if you clicked on the podcast link, it'll take you to not that. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. When I restarted my computer at the beginning of class. In the true myth.org gets you to my website. And uh, oh dear, that's not working right now. How interesting. All right. Well, it takes you to my website, and on that website page, you can click, click on um, all the podcasts for my class. And so if you either want to do the Zoom and connect, or if you can't and you still want to catch class, I have all the classes from the past three years have been audio recorded and audio podcasted. So they're all on Spotify. By next week, they'll be on iTunes. All right, and so you can go and listen to them. You'll be able to listen to the Twelfth Night classes from the past few years and Henry V and Hamlet and A Midsummer Night's Dream. I share that with you just so that you, if you'd like to keep up with class and you want to stay connected with class, that is available for you. Fair enough? 
Um, the other thing that uh, I wanted to show you on this is just topics, and it shows the four plays that we're doing. We're going to start with Twelfth Night, so start bringing that to class. You don't have to necessarily bring it tomorrow, but you know Monday for sure, we're jumping in. And then we're going to do Henry V, and then Hamlet, and A Midsummer Night's Dream. In regards to assignments, we've already got some up, right? I would change your filter to get maybe the full month, unless that's overwhelming to you. But right now, there's two uh, assignments up. There is the All the World's a Stage personal response. And so by tomorrow morning, I'd like you to write a paragraph for this senior level English class at a college prep school. I use that full sentence to try and just give you context like, yeah, can you read 20 lines of Shakespeare? You don't have to understand it. Read 20 lines of Shakespeare and just give me a response. Just connect with it a little bit. It's likely we'll even have some time to let you get started here at the end of this uh, first period today. Um, Whenever we do a response like this, I ask for a paragraph or quotes and a paragraph. I don't ever want summary, okay? I liked it. I hated it. I didn't understand it. I thought this quote was cool. This connected to Wheaton Academy in a cool way. This is connecting to my church life right now. This is what's going on in my family. Personal response or an analytical response is what we're looking for, all right? And yes, I want you to read and annotate the Kingdom Community handout from my website. It looks like this. Okay, and I want you to read and annotate it. You don't need to fill this thing out yet. We'll be doing that early next week. Uh, but it's just got a lot of information on Kingdom Community, right? And I want to throw a few thoughts out there for you. We are, our goal is to build a really safe, loving classroom for us to be honest and open with each other. Um, that's going to be tricky through Zoom and with all this technology, but that's going to be one of the main goals is how do we do that as a, as a community? If you hear the word kingdom community and you're like, oh, I'm not sure what I want to do about that. Um, we're talking about that a whole bunch lately. Um, you got to keep in mind, I've been doing the kingdom community stuff for 25 years. I've been doing the Wheaton Academy for 18 and then we've adopted it as a whole school. The goal is to get heaven on earth. It's based off of the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. Well, there's no gossip in heaven. I don't want it in my class. There's no bullying in heaven. I don't want it in my class. Like The more we behave like we will when we get to heaven now, which is the Lord's Prayer, the more now is going to feel like heaven for each other. That works decently well in a smaller classroom. Some of you are noticing the tension of trying to do that in a large environment like this school. Let me offer you this, since we're going to be talking about it early next week, and you're supposed to read this and come with some questions on Monday about it, or just questions in general about Kingdom Community. I want to offer you this thought. I've, you know, I traveled the country helping other schools understand the concepts here. And what I'm realizing is a lot of students at Wheaton Academy have missed this very basic concept. Jesus never legislated love. You can't legislate love. We can't make people love each other. You can't legislate kindness, right? <laughs> and so what people often miss about kingdom community is it's 100% pure invitation. If you're not choosing to do it and you don't want to do it, Jesus is never about making people do it. 
He said, hey, you want to do it my way and be part of the kingdom? Then you can follow me and we'll do it. But that's all your choice. So think of the rich young ruler. The dude turned around and walked away. And Jesus was like, okay, see ya. I'm going this way. He wasn't like, oh no, please come. Or He didn't make the guy follow him. I think some of you are feeling the tension at Wheaton Academy about kingdom community. I want to get that out right now. Even the tension in a class like this or the tension of being at this school right now. Some of that tension comes from a healthy, vibrant community the best educational communities happen when we're choosing it. And unfortunately, there's a large percentage of students at Wheaton Academy who don't want to be here, who don't want to do school this way, who don't want a kingdom community. Well, we can't impose that on them. Some of you know ex now when I say it just like that, you get it because you're feeling this whole thing imposed upon you. That's never how Jesus did it. You did choose to come to this school or maybe you didn't, and that's what's making it so tricky. But you're, that's, at least you're here, and it's right now, and I want to invite you into it. And hopefully you'll see soon, why wouldn't you want a loving classroom where everybody's patient and kind and you know, honest, and there's no ego battle, and we're not gossiping, and we're making it safe. I think most people actually really want that. We just need to choose to do it. So that's coming more later. So those are the logistics for this class right now. Um, I'm going to try and stop sharing and see how this goes again. Where I can, oh, I can see you a little better. Thoughts, questions, or comments on just logistics for the class? Okay, so hopefully that's enough to get you rolling if you end up having to stay home, or you choose to, or uh, just to get the class rolling on which text we need, and the next couple assignments as we move forward, okay? Always go to Academy Central during the beginning of class. Say, Mr. D, you forgot logistics. I don't know what's going on. What's due next, okay? Let me know, and we'll talk that stuff through. All right, let's keep going then. Um, Mr. Lehman has a really famous quote, and I'm glad he's famous for it because it's an awesome quote. Different isn't bad, it's just... Oh, come on, you can at least, some of you know it. Different isn't bad, it's just what? It's just different, yeah? Can I encourage you to guard your hearts a little bit right now and maybe even open them up, okay? Uh, when I grew up, I got on an airplane with my parents walking with me right up there and my aunt and someone else who was saying goodbye. We walked all the way up to the terminal. I don't even know if I had to get the bags like scanned at all. We just all walked in and just got on the plane. Anybody do that lately? <laughs> no, things what? Things are what? Different, right? Right now, they're different flying as w they were last year, right? Like things just get different. In regards to education, are we doing it the same right now? No, it's different. I want to challenge you, be careful saying that this new different is bad, right? It's different, and if we choose to focus on how to make the most of it, I think we'll be able to get to a place, especially if we're all working together here, to realize that this difference has its own potentials, its own positives, and we're going to move forward with it different. Um, all right, I'm going to do now what's called a devotional thought. Sometimes the devotional thoughts they connect personally with me and I'm sharing with you what's going on. 
always the devotional thoughts connect with Shakespeare. Today it's going to be overt. Sometimes it's not as overt. So if you guys will do this, I'm going to take about 15 minutes and connect us with Scripture for a little bit. And uh, I want to do that um, because it's going to set up the whole concept of the Course. Honestly, if you're willing to sit and listen and maybe even ask a question or two, this is why I became an English teacher and this is why, why, it's the why I'm a philosophy teacher, this is why I teach Shakespeare. All right. And so if I screen share again, all right, I want to get you to, whoa, that's not what I want to get you to. I want to get you to this. Can you guys see Genesis on the screen? It's a good book, uh, the Bible. It's another story, right? Pretty good one. I believe we're actually in this story. You don't have to, but I believe that this is the true story that we're all in, although it is a story, right? Um, it's kind of a funky story when we really get down to it with the start and the account of creation and the Garden of Eden and talking snakes, right? And Adam and Eve running around, skinny dipping with God in a garden. That's pretty intense stuff. Uh, most people forget the fact that that's how the, the Bible starts, right? Which is maybe kind of cool if you really want to go there. Um, but it, it starts officially with this, right? God said, let there be light. And it's good. God said, let there be space. And then we get space between everything. God said, let water, we get water. God said, God said, stars, stars show up. God said, waters filled with fish, fish show up. Animals, you got to picture Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all hanging out up there and they're like, hey, watch this one, ready? Platypus, and they're like, ah, look at that thing, right? Or giraffe, woo, you know. Like they're, okay, I could keep going. Let's catch the, the importance of that right now. God said, Look at how God created. He could have created any way he wanted to. He could have done it like my son with all of his Legos, humming and whistling and build stuff. Could God have made everything like that? Yeah. He could have done it like Tolkien in the Silmarillion in the Lord of the Rings. I'll create angels who sing the world into existence. Or like Narnia with Aslan singing Narnia into existence. He could have just sat there and been like, hmm. And then boom. Just he thinks it up and it shows up. The Bible, if you trust it, has this story of God speaking words and then things exist. So for those of you I can see, I'd like everybody to play along. Put your hands in front of you. Come on, up, up, out in front of you. All right. And ready? Let's go. Okay, this would be great. Nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, I want you to speak something into existence using your words. One, two, three. Frappuccino, <laughs> uh, hamburger. <laughs> anybody? Did it work for anybody out there? No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> thanks for thanks for that. I appreciate like the goal. And here's the thing: like in my philosophy class, I'm like everybody try to use the force, and we're like, eh, and we all pretend, and then someone goes, "Look, I did it." And really, like that's fun. I appreciate the water bottle thing, right? Like, thank you for engaging. Interestingly, wouldn't it be so cool if you could actually go water bottle and then bam, it showed up? Come on, would that be cool? I got, okay, wait, are you guys awake? Like, that would not be cool to be able to speak stuff into existence. Yes or no? I need some nods or shakes. 
Yes, it'd be so cool. Talk about a superpower. That'd be so powerful, a.k.a. God. God can do that. He speaks, things exist. Let's even take it a step further. I believe Jesus is God, right? In the flesh, incarnate, incarnate, in meat, right? God in meat. So God's walking around in a body on the planet. Look what the power of words do through Jesus. Actually, I'm going to say it kind of loaded, but might as well just say it. These powerful religious jerks show up with a girl who's probably half naked, caught in the act of a sexual sin. They literally have real rocks, not metaphoric rocks. They have rocks in their hand and they're going to murder her, kill her in public. I could say that again to see if any of you make some connections, but I have a hunch some of you already have. Powerful people going to kill someone who was caught in a sin. They bring her to Jesus. Probably expecting Jesus to pick up a rock and join in. And you know what he does? Two sentences. He stops the madness, stops the bullying, saves her life, and they all walk away. I mean, we might expect him to, like, tackle him or blow him out of the water with, the you know, his power or, you know, have angels come in and kill him to protect the woman. He uses two sentences. Which of you haven't sinned? Yeah, okay, drop the rocks and walk away. Because if, if you haven't sinned, then you can throw one on her. And they all walk away. That's all he said. He uses words to save her life. And then check this out. What could he have said to the woman? In my mind, the DVD plays where he takes his robe off and covers her, covers her shame in love and grace. And you know what words he says to her? He calls her daughter. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> Look at the power of words. Check out the power of words in Christ, right? Jesus walks into a house. There's a 12-year-old girl who's dead. I have a 12-year-old girl in downstairs. It'd be horrible if she died. We don't even know what she died from. It could have been a virus. Jesus walks in the house. He's like, oh, hey. Well, no, 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 no. She's not dead. She's taking a nap. And you know what the next sentence is? They laughed at him. By the way, do you know what the next sentence is? And they were removed from the house. <laughs> Sorry, it's so good. I want to see that video, that YouTube clip, right? How were they removed from the house? Oh, and by the way, Mock Jesus and laugh at him, and you get what? Removed from the house. You can read Proverbs. It talks about it there as well. Remove the mocker. Anyways, FYI, I would not mock Jesus if I were you. Jesus uh, says she's taking a nap. They laugh at him. They mock him. They get removed. <laughs> Jesus walks upstairs. Check this out. Dead girl on a bed. Two words. Talitha Kumi, she sits up. Probably gives him a bear hug. You know, like, words bring resurrection. Words bring healing in life. Words calm a raging storm. Hey, he said, be still. Like, hey, chill, little storm. You're going to flip our boat. And there's a oh, sorry, sorry, Jesus. You know, like, words speak identity. Words stop the bullies.
I think it's intriguing that in true discipleship, we don't just talk about Jesus. We don't just like read about him or quote him. True discipleship, the rabbinical method, is that we're supposed to be like Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian, if you want to be one, to actually be like him, not just learn about him, which is the beauty of education and the risk of education. We're all just sitting around learning about him instead of actually being like Jesus. Look what he did with words. What are you going to do with your words today? Right? intriguing. I really hope Shakespeare class gives you something that you can walk out the door with every day. Here's one, right? I mean, Jesus even said, go make disciples to make more disciples to make more disciples. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, if that's the case, how am I going to use my words today to bring resurrection and life and hope and healing to create, right? And if you're like, well, yeah, but I'm not God. No, you're not. I'm not either. But do our words have power? Are we made in the image of God? Many of you trust that the Holy Spirit is not just God, but Holy Spirit is in you. That's what the Bible says. So now if we've got God in us and we can connect with the power of the Spirit, imago dei. We're not God, but we're like God. Yeah? And if you think I'm not, well, I already know that I am, so don't, you don't have to worry about that, right? They call Jesus crazy, so I'm in good company. But it's so interesting when you consider what Paul does with Peter, James, and John in the book of Acts. They use their words. That one guy, like, we don't have any money, but get up and walk. And the guy gets up and he starts jumping around. That was words. Okay. Let me take a few more minutes then just to give a, a deeper connection to this. All right. I'm going to share the screen one more time. And I want us to get us to James. James is Jesus' bro. All right. So he's got some legit credentials uh, when he's writing. Oh, wait. I, I made the thing huge. There we go. Can't find it. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Dear brothers, not many of you should become teachers. Wait, say this now. Not, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Uh, By the way, we all make mistakes. (laughs) And it's hard to control our tongues, isn't it? We'd be perfect if we could do that. So you're off the hook on one hand, but actually you're not because Paul says to Timothy that we have a spirit of self-control and we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. But anyways, we can use our tongue I used to have everybody grab their tongues in class, and that's just weird now, so we're not going to do that at all. It's weird in general, but anyways. We make a horse go with a little small bit, and a big rudder changes a whole ship. Think of an aircraft carrier. They just do this, and the whole thing, woo, turns. The tongue is small, but it makes grand speeches. And check this out. The tiny spark can set a forest on fire. I think of California right now. That's a one match. Ends up burning my brother's house down two years ago. One little spark on the hub of a car that's brakes were malfunctioning. And we get the car fire and my brother's house burns down. He's rebuilt it, by the way. Go, Uncle Ben. All right. But I want you to consider like one word. What can it do to our lives? couple things I want to see you see here. The tongue is a flame of fire. This is English class. If this was a simile, it would be the tongue is like a fire. James doesn't say that. He says the tongue is a fire. 
And not only that, he says it gets its fire. He doesn't say, well, it's kind of like it's from hell. He says, the tongue gets this fire from hell. He even says down here, we bless and we curse from the same mouth. It just doesn't work. So how do we figure this out? We need wisdom to figure this out. I'm going to stop sharing the screen. I don't know if you caught that. And I don't like conjuring this stuff up. Honestly, I, I don't. But I want you to consider a few things. When I say, hey, remember that jerk and what they said to you in junior high? You actually do. It hurts. Remember what that remember what your dad said three years ago or your mom or that uncle or that grandpa? How about that youth pastor, right? That one pastor or that person or that teacher, that Wheaton Academy teacher even. Remember what they said when it hurt really bad? I think it's intriguing. James gives us a window into that. We like to think they say these mean things to us and oh I can brush it off. It hurts really bad really bad and James gives us a clue he connects it to burning burning hurts researchers say that it's one of the worst pains a human can feel I actually think rejection is the worst pain a human can feel it's hard to measure that one but he connects it to burning think of the power of words if I say to my daughter Oh, Olivia, you are so beautiful. Actually, right now she says, I know, thanks. I'm like, oh, don't ever forget that. And don't believe anybody else who tells you otherwise. <laughs> right? But she it gives life to her. Like, you are really good at running. I am? And she's like, boom, she's off running. I get to speak powerful things into her life, into my children's lives. Are there dads who call their own daughters ugly? Come on. Yeah, moms, friends, ex-boyfriends. <laughs> That's why this, the cyberbullying, you know, you guys, if words didn't hurt, we wouldn't have suicides associated with verbal bullying. They are, it hurts. <laughs> Many of the school shootings are associated with people who've been verbally abused because words hurt. If you didn't understand why, it's because of the fires of hell are burning. Let me connect the dots for you a little bit. Thanks for listening and we'll wrap it up. But think of this. The dragon breathes fire. And the dragon is one character in stories that is in every single mythology, every tribe, every people culture on the planet that's got record of it. All of them have a serpent, a snake, a dragon, or something like that. I find that intriguing. We, in the Bible, we've got the snake, who is the serpent, who is the dragon, Revelation, right? Who is Satan, right? So Satan, who is a demonic presence, who breathes lies into us that destroy us. My mom, Grandma Judy, she has given birth to nine children who all love Jesus and are thriving right now. She's a genius. She's super smart. I'm in the middle. middle all those middle children out there, let's go, right? Um, when she was in second grade at church in Sunday school, the Sunday school teacher called her stupid in front of everybody at church. She remembers it, still recalls it, 
and still thinks she's stupid. I'm always like, Mom, you're so smart and clever and you're brilliant. She said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm stupid. That was in second grade. She's Grandma Judy now. I bring that up. And I'll wrap it up with this. You, I, I, I'm going to try to condense it here. I've had a couple of students who, over the 20 years who I'm still in touch with. One of them is a teacher out in Colorado right now. And she uses this lesson because she remembers the first day of Shakespeare class when it clicked for her, when her teacher said, you can't turn off the power of words and the power of language. It's a gift from God. We don't want our words to not have meaning and power. Then it's just chatter. They are powerful. Your words are powerful. To either build, create, bring life and hope, or burn, steal, kill, destroy. This is why I teach Shakespeare. This is why I'm an English teacher. If this is not what you signed up for in this class, I think we, I don't know, like this is what we're doing in this class. We're using this author and these stories and all the dialogue in here to learn about the power of words and how to harness them. I want you to be more like God, more like Christ, so that you can use language to build and grow and bring life and less like a dragon going around burning people. Come on, let's make it practical. You can walk out that door in 20 minutes or at lunch today. Don't underestimate it. Some of you in this room right now could say two nice things to a freshman and it will not only make their day, it could make their entire year. And I say that because some of you in the room had that happen to you and you remember when a senior or a junior was just nice to you in the hallway. like. Hi, Bill. They said a name. That's all they did. And you're like, oh, they recognize me. <laughs> you think about that. The power of your words to say thank you to a sub. To say thank you to a mom or a dad today. Just thank you can do something so huge. Don't underestimate the power of life-giving words. How can you use your two sentences today to stop a bully? Remember, because if you bully the bully, you're a bully. So it doesn't work. So that's what I want you to leave with. I want you to really consider how am I using my words? You ready, you guys? Come on, make it for my as well. Today. Right now. During the next passing period. Am I breathing life and hope? Or am I breathing fire and destruction? Thanks for listening. That's what's called a devotional thought. That one's a little longer. It's the first day, and it gives context to the entire course and why I teach English. <laughs> Anybody? I, I'm trying to figure out dialogue and connection. Anybody have a thought or a comment? I mean, I'll keep going, but I want to make that available. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'm realizing that a lot of what we're doing right now is creating learning opportunities. We can't make you listen can't make you engage. We're distanced. We got masks. It's early. But I'm going to do my best to give you opportunities to learn something if you want to. Fair enough? All right. Let's do a little bit of Shakespeare. All right. And then I'm going to give you probably about 15 minutes here at the end of class just to read and relax 
and uh, settle in and even get your homework done for tomorrow. Agreed? We, we're going to have to use like hand motions or something. All right, all right. <laughs> I'll keep going. Um, let me share the screen. And uh, my sweet daughter helped create this little handout. She gets some credit. This is from the uh, play called As You Like It by William Shakespeare. As You Like It is a comedy. At the end of comedies, people get married. Hamlet is a tragedy. At the end of tragedies, people get buried. At the end of Hamlet, it's 11 <laughs> people. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a comedy. People are falling in love and they're figuring it out. And it's you know, awkward and lots of tension, right? But it gets resolved. Yay. Kind of. Maybe. Um, All the world's a stage is a famous quote. It's one of the top 10 Shakespeare quotes. Actually, I'll give you the top 10 throughout the semester. This is probably in the top three. Some of you will recognize it. I'm just going to jump in real quick right now. We have the Duke in Act 1 getting kicked out of his castle. They live in the Forest of Arden. And instead of whining and complaining or just totally fighting back, he's like, you know what? It's going to work itself out. I know, I know that we're in a story, so I'm going to make the most of it. And they kind of Robin Hood it up, and they live in the woods, and he's got some great speeches about adjusting to new circumstances and making the most of your time. It might be a great play to do this semester, but we're not. We're going to do this. Uh, act two, there's five acts in a Shakespeare play. In act two, the Duke is talking with Jacques, not Jayquez. Although it was super fun. I was at a, a play where they were like, Jayquez, they call him Jayquez. But Jacques, everybody say Jacques. I heard a little bit. So Jacques, he's French and he's nice and melancholy and he's got a great attitude. Well, it's not actually great, but strong attitude. And the Duke says to Jacques, hey, Jacques, all these people are running around. They're falling in love. It's so, it's so fantastic. And yeah, it's confusing and complex, but come on, it's love, right? Hey, Jacques, ready? Act two, scene seven, sitting by a river, munching on a baguette. Hey, Jacques. Why don't you fall in love? Here's Jacques' response. All the world's a stage. And all the men and women merely players. What? You're going to get a chance here in a few minutes to read the rest of this. And we'll talk about it some more tomorrow. What I want you to work on a little bit is retraining that into Wanglish. So that's Wa English, right? We got to get it 400 years later and get it into Wanglish. All the world's a stage. Well, what do people do on stages, right? They get up there and they act out. They pretend to be in a different story than the one that they're in. Players, you can do what you want with the word players. For Shakespeare, players meant actors, actresses, professional. Hey, Jacques, how come you're not falling in love? Come on. Oh, yeah, Duke? This whole forest, everybody's on one big, huge stage, and they're all a bunch of fakers. Ooh, dude. No, no, we're still not in Wanglish. We have to get Shakespeare into the classroom, right where you are. I have a hunch some of you get this. We're not going to raise hands. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Hey, welcome back to Wheaton Academy. It's great to see you. How's it going? Oh, yeah, Mr. D? How's it going? Everybody here is on this big, huge stage called Wheaton Academy, and they're all a bunch of fakers. And some of you kind of chuckle, looking around, 
Some of you are like, exactly. Yes, Jacques, I gotcha. All these people here calling themselves Christians and doing all this stuff, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. They're a bunch of fakes. All these teachers say they believe it. They don't believe it. Fakes, right? My pastor is fake. I wonder if 400 years later, Shakespeare was onto something with this character. I wonder, as you keep reading these lines, how they'll echo into our classroom. It's one of the things I love about Shakespeare. I mean, even right now, can any of you relate to that sentiment? I'm so sick of all the fake. I'm so sick of all the acting, the pretending. I just want something authentic. Now, real quick, and I'll give you the rest of the time. Second, third, whatever, eighth lesson in Shakespeare class, whatever lesson number we're on, I want to offer you this. A lot of people are like, hey, Shakespeare, right? He said all the world's a stage. Time out. Did Shakespeare say all the world's a stage? No, Shakespeare wrote it. Who said it? Jacques. Jacques said all the world's a stage in act two in that play as that character. And here's the next question that I have for you, and then we'll let you go. Why? What would make someone at Wheaton Academy call everybody fakers at our school? What would make Jacques, who's like, hey, why don't you fall in love? Come on, love is so amazing. Oh, yeah? No, it's not. Everybody's a faker. What happened in, what home does he go to? What are his parents doing? Who broke up with him? How many times? Right? I mean, what makes somebody say that? So just remember, characters say things. And they often reveal more. What they say often reveals more about them than what they're saying. I think it's interesting. I had this conversation just to give you a taste of that. Some, a boy did call my daughter ugly. Right? She comes home. She's crying. He called me ugly. I'm like, what? Real quick. Did that boy give us any new information? Was he correct? No. My daughter's gorgeous, right? So I had to I, I help her process this. I'm like, that boy didn't tell you anything about you. He did tell us all about who. Yeah, he doesn't know what beauty is. And he's willing to call someone ugly. So he's a jerk. And he doesn't know what beauty is. We learned a lot about him and nothing about Anna. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, what you say reveals often more about you than who you're talking to. Anyways, this is Shakespeare class, and I could keep talking, and I want to give you guys some time. You guys have the rest of class to read the rest of that quote and maybe even start your paragraph. How's that sound? Okay? It's 18 lines. You'll crank through that and then, you know, do that. I'm going to work with Mrs. Musto to try. I like having music on in the class. And so today, rather than putting headphones in, we will get there, don't worry. We will get there with reading time and work time with headphones. Today, can you just let me to try and put some quiet classical music on and you, we'll see if it works through the speakers, all right? I just wanna say thank you guys for making this last hour work. You're amazing. Thanks for your patience and your grace. And again, I hope you're able to walk through today using language well, using the power of language well, and uh, we'll keep making the most of this learning opportunity. Peace. Anybody have any questions about what we're doing for the next 12 minutes? We're good? 
All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll try to say goodbye at the end. I can't hear the bell ringing, so you guys can work with me on that. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> Cheers. I'm actually going to take my huge face off the screen. That just feels really awkward. So. There we go. We'll get Jacques back up there. So I don't want to interrupt too much, but I want to, I need some help with volume. I have no idea what it's like there. You could probably go a little bit louder. Okay. How's that? It's nice to have a little music. Cool. All right. I'll try to stop talking. <laughs>
you guys are awesome continuing to work try to keep going to the bell right if you finish this stuff feel free to grab the kingdom community download and check that out or at least get it on your device thanks again and i just want to bless you on the day i think we got one or two minutes left Final thought, and I want you guys to get used to this a little bit. Remember, I asked you guys to read it. I didn't say you had to understand it, right? <laughs> I have a hunch that some of you understand more than you think. Try to get too intimidated by Shakespeare. His language is really powerful and beautiful as you get to know it. Um, but remember, interact with it and give a response. You may need to look up a word or two. That'll be good for your vocabulary. Bye, Bickhart. <laughs> Bye, guys. Take care. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting, adventurous, great year. Hi. Thank you. Bless you. You're welcome. Take care. See ya.